can't hear because I don't have these on. <laughs> it's like, how come I can't hear? Because like, I don't have my earplugs. You're, you got you got kind of crazy there for a moment. Oh my goodness, dude! I, I'm nervous, man. I, what? I can't, can't believe I landed this interview, man. I, <laughs> oh shoot! What is oh, that? Tablet. It's it's my tablet. Uh, that's off for. Dude, we're wasting time, man, because I'm too cheap to buy the premium version of, of uh, Zoom. So it's going to cut us off at 40 minutes. So we got to kick this interview right now. Okay. Let me get my show notes here really quick. Wow, you got a show note and everything? Oh, man, uh, nothing but the best. Nothing Dude, but the best for the best, Bada. Serious. serious. Okay. Uh, hold on. Hold on, podcasters. Okay. Um, I think we should start off with a... Uh, uh, Chee-hoo! All right, see, this is sleeping right now. It's like nine o'clock here. Wait, okay. nine? Oh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. right. We're in the East Coast. So, chee-hoo, my brada. Man, <laughs> you're, you're going to have to keep me focused because, uh, one, I'm too cheap to buy the premium. I go on rabbit trails. I'm long-winded, and it's been 18 years since we've talked face-to-face. <laughs> yes. So, so just hey, keep you know, me, I you think know. I, No, we, I don't, I, we don't have to uh, keep it all together. Let's just, let's just okay. have fun. Okay, well, um, I think we should, uh, good evening, Fabcasters. Welcome to the Fabcast. This is a special episode because I have uh, my good friend with me, Ernesto Segismundo. So, uh, you're throwing up shotguns. Let's explain to the Fabcasters why we're talking kind of funny here. Uh, where are you from? Oh, man. I mean, originally? What, what, I yeah, mean, man. Originally? Okay, so originally... Uh, <laughs> First of all, for those of you who are listening, Ryan and I have been friends for a long, long time. We haven't talked in how many years now? 18. Holy crap. 18, 18 years. Face so to face. We so we're, we're going to be pretty uh, scattered and uh, all over yeah. the map here. But to answer uh, Ryan's question, I'm originally from Hawaii and I'm going to try to speak properly. <laughs> right? You know, okay. First no? rabbit trail. First rabbit trail. Uh, we were in Hawaii in our, in our church in um Got stuff the poly hobby. Anyways, I, I hosted the melee night, right? The music night. And uh, old old uh, grandma came up to me after, white, white lady, she came up to me after the, after the show. She's like, you speak, your, your English is so well. <laughs> and I was like, I was, because I, she was expecting me to be like pigeon. And I was, yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh, do you like me for talk pigeon? <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, on the, I, it took me like three minutes to be like, what is she talking about? Oh, she's expecting me to be all like, kapakai, yeah. brah. Yeah, because your skin is brown. That's yeah. what we, you know, yeah. anybody, anybody in Hawaii, you know, when you go up to them, they, if your skin is brown, they're going to assume that you speak pigeon. So, yeah, I'm from yeah. Kauai. When I left, I, you remember when, when I first, you know, was in California, I mean, my, my, my English was so bad. Yeah, man. You had the frosted tips. I had the, the 90s, man. <laughs> I had the 90s frosted tips. And by that time, I think I cut off my, my mullet. So yeah, man. You're I, ehu. I, you had the ehu mullet. I had the ehu mullet, you know. So, <clears throat> so you know, fast forward, 98, I ended up living in California and met this crazy dude right here in front That's of me, right. Ryan. <laughs> right, man. So, uh, I, yeah, I thought you were from Waipahu for some reason. No, actually Kauai, which is worse. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I thought it's like Waipahu, Waimanalo, something with a yeah. W. Anyways, no. all right. So, uh, man, um, 
let's let's let me see let's just jump straight into that no no let me go back to this so so what are you all about now what, what was your calling in life yeah let's yeah. let the fatcasters know what you're doing absolutely so i am actually a licensed marriage and family therapist licensed here in california and i have a group practice where i have employees who also do counseling and so the things that we do here is provide mental health services yeah. for families uh, on the brink of divorce. Um, we mm. have kids and individuals who struggle with tra uh, traumatic symptoms. And yeah. so we provide all kinds of services for that. Uh, on the other side of it, we're also a faith-based counseling um, um, uh, service. So we also, we don't preach, but we also integrate if our clients want to some spiritual aspect sure. of, of the treatment process. So that's what I do nice. now. So, so, um, LMFT. Yes. Real quick. Um, yeah. How does the person become an LMFT licensed sure. therapist. Sure. You know, I, I think, um, back at Biola days where we both graduated yeah. uh, undergraduate, um, you have to take a psychology course. So I, I took, I was a psychology major, but you would have to go through your master's degree after that in clinical psychology. So that's what I yeah. went through. I mean, you know, at Biola, you and I had those conversations, right? We were yeah. therapizing each other. I mean, we were th <laughs> therapizing everybody. And I didn't know it was actually a profession, not until I worked uh, at a group home facility and I was getting my yeah. master's at the same time. That's when I started realizing that there's this whole other new world out there. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's when we used to call it psychology. <laughs> psychology. Yes. So so okay. So I got your resume right here, man. It's it's robust. Licensed, oh my goodness. Licensed marriage family therapist, adjunct professor at Hope International University, adjunct professor at the Chicago School of Professional Psychology, <laughs> owner of. Filmit.com, filmit.com, if you really was spelling it, and then owner of CAV Family Therapy Incorporated. Yep. That's that what you're just talking about. Exactly. So, so you're basically legit. Whoa. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. If you say so, sir. No, sir. <laughs> sir. Seriously, uh, you've been so you've been practicing psychology since when? When? When were you a bona fide uh, therapist? Sure. Two thousand and. 2003, I believe, that's when I started working at wow. a group home facility, yeah. and I started my journey as a therapist from 2003 until now, Yeah. Um, and so I, I worked with a lot of the adolescent population in, in the gang unit. Uh, yeah. I worked there. What, 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 and, uh, what city? Uh, this is in Orange County, California, okay. yeah, and so, so it's gangsters like... We were talking Mexican gangsters, Asian gangsters. Oh, it, it was all over the map. Uh, yeah. It was all over the map. And basically, a lot of them have gone through traumatic yeah. uh, incidences. So, you know, shootings sure. and uh, disruption in the family, things like yeah. that. Yep. Yeah, man, that's intense. I, what people usually see about Orange County is they think of the show, the OC or something like suburbia, Absolutely. white suburbia. But there, there are some... There are some um, you know, there's some, there's some bad areas. Oh, and, absolutely. And, absolutely. And spiritually speaking, there's the enemy knows no address. So, you know, no. Oh, I love that. Knows yeah, no man. bounds and no, knows no address as well too. Not prejudice, man, wherever there's yeah. people. So yeah. <clears throat> let's go back, 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 back to the nineties. Uh oh. Okay. So this, I, I wanted to talk about three things here. Um, one, the, the concept of community, 
and then within that, the concept of confession, and then uh, talk a little bit about forgiveness. So, so those are the three topics I have to squeeze into this thing. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do this. So, um, gosh, man, 18 years ago, we met um, at Biola University in this awesome Filipino club called Maharlika. <laughs> <laughs> Filipino club. Um, yeah, man, you, you came into my dorm and you frosted my, my tips. Yeah. <laughs> Well, do you really have to say that out loud that I used yeah. to do that for you? Come on, Ryan. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, we were we were all into in uh, sync, Backstreet Boys, <laughs> and watching you guys on Say What Karaoke on MTV. Yep, those oh, that's another that's another episode. I have the CD right here. I have, oh no, yeah. you, didn't, you don't. I need to. Uh, that's okay. I gotta I gotta focus here. So, 15 years. You told me something in 1998 or 99 that took 15 years. To, for me to process and for it finally to click. And so a little context here. Um, I lived in the dormitory called Sigma Chi, which was everybody got their own room. It's private. Everybody got their own suites. And then you lived on the other side of campus called Stewart Hall, which was ghetto. Yeah, ghetto, like at like five, like five or six guys in a room. No conditioning sometimes. Times four. So there was like four, 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 and all, all shared the same hallway. So it was, it was like sardines. And um, I remember one time when I visited your dorm, you were the RA, you were the resident assistant, and, uh, and then you were on your like Macintosh, you know, like the colorful ones. And I just remember you turned to me, you go, you go this is about community. That's what you said. Mm-hmm. So fast forward 15 years, I'm living in Hawaii. And for the first time, we experienced community. In, in community, in, in the sense of we were fully known by our friends in our community group and they loved us anyways and we would do things like i don't know we just it was just no holds bar we'd throw stuff on the table and uh at, at first it was like wow and then it was the, the other side was like me too um and and then um i became fully known by my wife there too as well so it was just all it was just god was moving so much and then i said oh my gosh where have i heard this before this is what Ernesto was talking about. And I did the math 15 years ago. So what were you talking about when you told me this is about community? What were, what were you, what yeah. were you um, thinking about? So I think back then, I was already a bona fide extrovert. And what that means okay. is that I gained a lot of my energy and my self-esteem, who I was, from the reflection of the community. And that's a very powerful thing because as we grow up, we see our own world through the eyes of other people. Community is a really, really broad topic, but when you get down to it, it's basically a group of individuals that are vulnerable enough and are safe with each other. And when you think about it from that perspective, fast forward to now, it has a lot of psychological implications where within the community, you develop more of who you are. And what that means is that the more connected you are with other people, the more connected you are with yourself. Okay. And, you know, developmentally, we are figuring ourselves out. And just as you heard those words from me, fast forward to now, it's resonating. That's what community does. Yeah. They help you to grow. They help you to be better. Now, it depends on what community you're in, obviously, right? If you are in a community that 
constantly highlights your weakness, you will grow up and you will become weak. But if you are within a community that, that focuses and brings out the best side in you and, and focuses on your strengths, you will become a whole person. And I think, yeah. remember, what sin does is it breaks up all of our parts, right? And we become yeah. confused and chaotic. And when we are a little bit more in tune with community, we are more able to receive the blessings of God because yeah. that's where God talks within yeah. this healthy, beautiful community. So yeah. I know it's a little bit long winded no. answer for you, but this is definitely where I see what community, what I meant at that time and what I mean today about community. Yeah. So, so I, I learned, uh, actually I've always been, I tested on the Myers-Briggs, um, test uh, 100% extrovert. So I'm living in a dorm that was pretty privatized. Yes. But I I strategically picked the first one in the hall and then kept the door propped the door open and my roommate was totally introverted, always sleeping. Um but I'm like, "Hey, this is just my room was open 24/7." Um So I had I had a my my question was um we all need community. Is that, is that a, is it fair to say that we were yeah. created for community? We are. I mean, God is, God is a community within himself, right? Within the Trinity. Right. Um, so should people be living in Sigma Chi or should, should the, that Christian university sort of get rid of that model and go to all Stuart type models? Well, well, not necessarily because when, when you think about community aspect, it's about um, being around people who make you become better right? Okay. Okay. Who continually have your back. You know, that's who you need yeah. to get connected to. Um, we have that internal need to look for that individual, that someone, that community to be connected with. Uh, there are some people, obviously, that is going to want to be by themselves and that's okay. But yeah. we were not meant to be uh, completely alone in our lives. Yeah. And in fact, being completely alone creates a lot of anxiety and depression. Yeah. You know, and, and being around a lot of people all the time will create depression and anxiety as well too. Right. Yeah. yeah. But what the, the bottom, the bottom uh, philosophy for community, or at least what I think about community is this idea that when you're around people and, it, and you're stressed out and you just yeah. want to be around people yeah. uh, or, or you're, you're struggling with something, you want to be able to take that outside of yourself, right? You don't want to hold all of that pain within you. The community is supposed to be there to carry that pain with you. Yeah. Joined at the hip, baby. Mm -hmm. Together. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, I, I could uh, pick your brain about one last thing, a community, then we'll shift to the next topic. Um, you know, what if someone says, you know, I took these personality tests and I'm just introverted. I just don't like to be around people and, mm -hmm. and go quote unquote, going to church drains me. And yeah. I just would rather hang out here in my little dormitory and yeah. not be around people. What do you, you know, you know so, so there's a few ways to kind of look at that one. I don't want to deny the fact that people get drained completely as an yeah. introvert, because I know that for a fact, I know a lot of my clients struggle with being around people. However, one question I would have for them is, is it really being drained of your energy being around people or are you afraid of being vulnerable in front of people? So Amen. here's some of the questions, right? So to be in a community means to be vulnerable. 
To yep. be in a community means to be fully yourself. And that is a very scary thing to be. And to do in front of other people, right? I mean, if you want to understand, if you want people to, if you want people to help you, you have to ask for help. And that's yep. a scary yep. thing to do, right? Even because you're showing things about yourself, parts about yourself that is not, it's not attractive, right? Yeah, Especially right. if you're a man, right? If you're messy. a man, it's messy. No one wants to see your messiness. And that's what we think in, inside. But when you're with a healthy community, that's what they want to create that self, a safety for. They, they create that safety for you to be vulnerable, for you to, um, um, to be your full self and, and find that support. So it doesn't have anything to do with being extrovert or introvert. It has a lot to do with do you want to choose to be vulnerable because vulnerability is scary as heck. Yeah. Yeah, to be transparent and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> man, that is so good. Got to switch on to the next topic. Um, uh, by way of transitioning, what, what's your favorite book on community? Oh, my goodness. You're going to put me on the spot like that, huh? Yeah, I don't man, it's a real interview. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I got to get back. Okay, okay. I got to okay. get back to you on that one. So, so let, me, let me save you. Um, check this one out. Becoming a True Spiritual Community oh by Larry Crabb. Oh, my God. Larry Crabb? Do you endorse this? This is, dude, this is good oh, stuff, man. Dude, yes. I, I'm going to get on my Amazon right now and get Oh, dude. And, now, watch this. Watch this. Connecting by Larry Crabb. The, these are gold. These are gold. Um, I devoured these. So yeah, uh, connecting by Larry Crabb, uh, built, becoming a true spiritual community by, by Larry Crabb. And then here's one, uh, here's more recent one called community by Brad house. Um, he's, he was part of the Acts 29 church planting network. I mean, when I read wow. look at all my tabs here, <laughs> that's what I know about you. I mean, you, you are an avid student always been a student well yeah man yeah I, I i figured i'll i'll never stop learning i might as well get it on paper exactly <laughs> which so i'm doing a doctorate right now i feel cr I, this is like i was like dude i'm i'm never gonna stop learning so i might as well get this on paper so right. my, my my doctorate is about freedom hmm. hence i have all these books here about freedom so i'm 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 on a i'm on a roll with interviewing man I hit up Rebecca Lyons. If Rebecca Lyons is listening, I'm going to, she just wrote a book called you are free. Just it's something like you are free, uh, becoming who you already are. Um, anything has to do with freedom. I'm hitting people up. Okay. Yeah. That's, that'll be in the future. Um, next topic here. How much of your counseling deals with the, um, with the concept of forgiveness? I, I got to say this, and a lot of my colleagues who are in the secular world would probably argue with me on this fact, but every single client that I have, and I think every single client that we come across with that struggles with any type of trauma, yeah. um, any type of um, relational conflicts, have elements of unforgiveness, resentment uh, in there. And one of the hardest conversations to have with people is the idea of forgiveness and I really truly believe and I, it's safe for me to talk about this on on this type of podcast because you know in other places there's it's not accepted yeah. but I would venture to say that forgiveness is the healing part of 
the journey in, in yeah. any of my counseling sessions. Now, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to be overt and go, hey, you need to forgive the person that sexually abused you, right? Or okay. you need to forgive okay. that, that individual. That, but at least have conversations like, you know, what would it be like for you if you explored this idea of forgiveness? Okay. And you feel all this energy in the room. That is what we're trying to explore. Now, like I said, I, I'm not going to push people to forgive because I think that's a very sacred and spiritual movement towards healing. And not sure. everybody can get to that point. Um, in yeah. fact, I remember writing an, art, uh, an article a long time ago. I got to look for it, but it's on the power of forgiveness. And okay. a lot of people felt uncomfortable with that because they were like, well, you, you've never been sexually abused. You've never been physically abused. So how can you talk about forgiveness? Well, Yes, that, that is absolutely true. I don't want to compare any of my pain yeah. to other people's pain, but I can tell you for a fact that we are much bigger than our situations. We are created yeah. for community. And I think, sure. and I truly believe that forgiveness is the way to healing. Yes. Um, does a person have to forgive to begin the healing process? they would have to have a conversation. They yeah. would have to at least have a conversation to get to that place, even if it's painful. So let me give yeah. an example. I had a client um, a couple of weeks ago who discovered that wife um, was not faithful. Sure. Got and it. so we had uh, these conversations and he was in pain. Mm -hmm. And two weeks later, I, I'm, I'm just this week, I'm asking him, so what would it be like for you to extend forgiveness? Oh my gosh, his, you could see his veins pop out yeah. yeah, because of the anger that he felt. Me actually saying that, how could you? You know, you're yeah. this and this and this. I'm like, well, all right, let's back up just a little bit. But I, that, at that pivotal moment, I insinuated and having this, this tough conversation about forgiveness. Yeah. You know, because he was not happy with himself. He was not happy with life, right? And um, he was carrying so much heaviness with his resentment that it was yeah. affecting everything about him. So absolutely, we must have that conversation. Yeah. So my, my, uh, my wife um, played this clip for me. You know, the show The View? Mm -hmm. And The View featured uh, Chrissy Metz from the, the series This Is Us with mm -hmm. Mandy Moore. It's the, the show about triplets. Have you seen that show? I keep hearing about it. I'm going to watch it one of these okay. days. Okay. I mean, you don't, you don't have to. We don't, we don't watch much, but this is... Anyways, uh, <laughs> Chrissy Metz, um, she wrote a book about, uh, about loving herself. And so she, she's, she's obese. And on the show, she plays someone who's obese, who, who struggles with obesity, and then she's in a, a support group. Um, but she, she's featured on The View. And then Joy Bihar, uh, one, of the, one of the, yeah, Bihar, she's one of the hosts. Um, Chrissy was awesome. She's talking about how her, her, her stepfather used to punch her in the gut and just abuse her in, in, you know, as, as a kid. And so she talked about the freedom of forgiveness. And she said, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it. You're going to have, I'll put the, the, the link in the show notes, but she says, you can forgive everybody for everything. And Joy Beer comes, comes out back strong. She's like, well, I, I don't know about that. You, there's something that's not worth forgiving. And 
I wish I could just crawl into the TV and be like, what are you, what are you talking about? Because not to forgive is like drinking poison and helping the other person dies. And forgiveness is like setting a captive free to only realize that, that you are the captive. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I'm preaching to the choir here, but I'm, I'm sharing with our, with our listeners, all these. No, you're, you're absolutely that. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. Because a lot of people are so stuck in, in their pain right and yeah. categorizes all of these areas of forgiveness i mean we yeah. see people all the time who forgive people for murdering their child yeah or i mean how can you even think about that right yeah and for people to say i'm going to forgive someone who took someone else from me and did it yeah. in a very very uh, in a humane manner Yep. That is spiritual. So jo- Joy Behart, um, unfortunately, did not have the spirit to even <laughs> say that out loud, right? Which, because which breaks our heart. Right, right. And, 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 you know, that's a very strong statement where you, you limit the power of forgiveness. Yeah. And we, that's not our place. Yeah. Um, and I, for people standing up and saying, yeah, I can forgive, you can forgive everyone and everything. To say that out loud is is very spiritual. Yeah, and, and I think people who are connected to God can understand that. You yeah. don't have to be Christian or whatever, but there is that God uh, in us. Um, he's always going to remind us that okay, you think too small, okay, but I, who created everything, I can inspire you to forgive even the most heinous crime. That's right. Yeah. No, that, that's, that, that is so good. I, you know, um, I've shared my story, uh, bits and parts here. Won't get into it here, but, um, I've forgiven everybody, every slate wiped clean. And I think it was uh, Dr. I think it was Neil Anderson, who I, the first person I heard say, um, to not forgive is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies because they might not even be aware. Nope. So I, I am in full agreement with you that everybody i talk to because we're human and we've been hurt we live long enough we, we i mean my my kids they're they're haven't been alive for that long and they've already experienced things where they need to forgive or mm-hmm. i tell them it's elsa teaches us how to forgive it's to let it go let it go yeah that's what it afie me boom yeah um so for the deception for someone to say well not that oh oh heck no i'm not forgiving that you can't believe what they did it's um breaks it breaks my heart so uh w- one thing you said that brings some um, something else to mind um other people have have told you um as as you just said like well what would you know about this this has never happened to you uh, particularly sexual abuse i just read a book called i read it three times uh called uh um healing for the wounded heart mm-hmm. by dr down dan ellender have you have you read any of his stuff no, no. Um, he's real good. He's real good. He's friends with um, John Eldridge. Uh, I, I guess um, some some connections to to. I, actually, this Larry Cobb calls him his best friend. He would say, "I would I would beg to differ. I, I wonder if there anybody if there's anybody out there who hasn't been." And so he his his theory was as um, uh, he used pornography for instance. He says people don't just stumble upon that if if there's a chance they might just find pornography just laying on the street, but chances are someone gave that to them, put them, put it in their hands. He goes, and so that my theory is that is, 
this is Dr. Allender speaking, that's a form of sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. um, for parents not to have boundaries in the, in the house. Yeah. Uh, he gave an example of like, these parents were, were um, exposing themselves and they, they were never decent in the house. And so that's, that's, that's a form. And then someone turned it around to him as he was speaking. They said, have you ever been? No, his friend was with him and he says, this is in the book. Have you ever been um, abused in that, that way? And then Dr. Allender says, no. And then his friend says, well, have you ever been uncomfortable in a situation? And then instantly came to his mind four situations, one at a camp where a guy was forcing himself on him and, and like four real scenarios that were, that were um, uh, legitimate sexual abuse cases. So his, his thing is like, there's probably a lot of people out there who have them, but just don't, just don't know. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. It, it's very sacred. Yeah. You know, anything, you know, in that area, sex, especially, it's a very sacred topic. And, you know, having conversations about those things is, is difficult for many people. So when you, obviously, when you say things like, um, you know, forgiveness, talking about forgiveness in the context of someone who's experienced sexual abuse, it's a very vulnerable and sacred thing because it's, yeah. it's powerful, right? It's a very powerful thing. Yeah. So, uh, the, so I had three topics. What, one other one, I, I skipped it. Let's go back to it. Um, confession. What's, what is confession? And um, what, what, what is the role of confession in the midst of community? We kind of touched on it, but let's just go back and unpack it. Right, right. So with, with, the, with the context of confession, um, in order to be healed, there's a few things that I think needs to happen. One, uh, confession is basically one of those things where you allow people to hear the pain, right? Yeah. You, you allow people to go, uh, by you verbally saying things out loud yeah. to someone about a certain offense or a confession or a, um, a situation, you are declaring that that is, whatever you just said, is what we need to focus on and what is, yes. It needs to be out there, right? Um, confession is a very powerful thing because, again, you're pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone to let everyone in the room or whoever it is yeah. in front of you know the pain yeah. right? and know the problem. And that can be scary because once you confess, there's a few things that might happen. And one of them is called rejection. Mm. So if you confess... Yeah. Someone may, you are, you are, you are subjecting yourself to rejection. Right. Okay. Rejection is something that is uh, antithetical or well, that's not even a word. Anti. It's okay. You're, you're, you're legit. You can make up words. <laughs> Anti-relational because, okay. you know, when you are telling someone about something that's incredibly vulnerable, you are yeah. expecting someone to take you in despite the trash that you've been through, right? Sure. But when you confess, you are risking yourself yeah. to be rejected. And that's a very anti-community uh, approach, right? Yeah. It's anti-community. And sure. it, it could actually break you. So for, let me give an example. Um, when, when you tell a, a friend that you've, you've taken money for them, from them, yeah. okay, and you confess that, they can, they can either go, okay, that yeah. that's painful 
that is incredibly, you betrayed me, but let's work towards yeah. healing. Or you've betrayed me. How dare you get out of my life? Rejection. Right. Reject, yeah. That's a scary thing. That's why confession is not easy. It's better to lie because yeah. it's self-preservation. Yeah, in, in their eyes. Right. Oh, absolutely. Man, um, hey, Ryder, you want to say hi? My son is like peeking his head over here. This <laughs> is bedtime now. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. You know what? The, what bigger lie is there that we should fear other people? Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I would bounce back to, <clears throat> this is why we'd make a good team and we should open up a practice together one day. Um, <laughs> call it, out, call it am, out loud, sir. I am stuck. Yeah, man. Um, I, I like to work before, you know, when I, when I was prideful and arrogant, I'd be like, oh, those <clears throat> psychologists. And like, ah. <laughs> oh, no, I remember. Yeah, I remember. yeah okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you for you guys for praying for my salvation. But like, but like working, working together, um, one team, one fight, you know, um, the spiritual aspect I'd add to that is yeah. like, man, we weren't created to fear. No. no. I'm doing a lot of study in the Imago Day, Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Like we were, I even tell my kids, instead of berating them on something, I'm like, well, you know, we were never created for that. We're never created to be. So my, my daughter will, will do this, the, the six-year-old children. I have to confess, I meant to hurt my sister. She'll say stuff like that. And we'll, we'll, wow. I'll say thanks. For, that must have been so, must have been so scary. But she pushed through, and um, thanks for being brave. And anyways, that's that's all good stuff. So we're right about at thirty eight minutes. And my friend, I love you. I love you so much, brother. Like thank you, Ryan. A source of, of wisdom, truth, and encouragement, love, and joy towards me. And um, I, I hope one day we can work together. When I open up a coffee shop in back in California or something. Oh, man. Let, let, let's make it. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's make it cross cultural. I mean, uh, yeah. cross country. <laughs> yeah. So, anything you want, any parting words for our Fabcaster listeners? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I, I, I do want to say is that there will be times when um, you are forced to step outside of your comfort zone. And we yeah. make a lot of narratives in our heads, make up a lot of stories in our head that the other side is horrible. The other side is, yeah. is much more scarier. But remember, our, our brains are created to also tell stories. Yeah. And when Satan comes in, he will perpetuate and give you certain narratives about that story that is much more scarier than you think. Yeah. I want you to, to remember this. Um, community, you, got, you got 50 seconds. Okay, community... Yeah. Forgiveness is one thing that you have to move forward towards. Yeah. And you've got a lot of support, basically. And Ryan, I'm so proud of you for doing this. And you're doing a lot of great work for the community and more power to you. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. So uh, this is not the, fir- the last time you'll be on the show. We'll have you as a, as a frequent guest. <gasps> Did and, I make it? Um, yeah, man. We've got to have you. Maybe we can rendezvous in, in, in Hawaii. I would love that. Yeah, man. Eat some poke, you know, (laughs) and broke them out. All right. 15 seconds, Fabcasters. I'm going to put all the information about, um, you know, I'll I'll put, I'll put your resume on on the show notes. We'll put some of the links we're talking about. And um, I I guess I'll have the parting words, live in community, live fully known, fully loved. 
Peace out. Boom.